0: Everybody and welcome shoe dice
1: camera action. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what <did> I miss.
1: <laughs> I am so glad you asked. So carry on. To bring okay. everybody up to speed. In Barovia, Evelyn received the blessing of Saint Markovia, a champion of the morning lord who perished battling Strahd. Also in Barovia, Paulton threatened the vampire hunter Rudolph Van Richten with death should he ever show his face again. Uh, well, it turns out he did, <laughs> uh, in the company of a group of Morning Lord devotees that he persuaded the Waffle Crew to kill at the hunter at the vampire hunter's urging. Uh, uh, they slew these devotees in order to save a demon-blooded bard named Lilith Lucina. Lilith told the Waffle Crew about the Soulmonger, whose death curse has taken hold of Strix and Diath, causing them to waste away because they've both died. Did he tell us the details of that curse? Like what it what it all includes? Not so much, but you'll get some of those details. Uh, But Van Richten did uh, tell Evelyn that she alone can save her friends because she carries this blessing of St. Markovia. And St. Markovia is this being of protection and life. And at which point Evelyn asked the obvious question, what do I have to do? And (laughs) (laughs) Van Richten replied, you have to die.
3: And that's where we ended for the day. Yeah. And then Anna had to host for two days. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> that just looming over.
3: <laughs> then Anna had to conduct an interview immediately after with Chris. Yeah. Oh,
4: my and Just God. not throw him over the edge.
3: No, it was actually awesome. Just as a side note, Stream of Annihilation was so cool. And Although I'm terrified for Evelyn's safety, I'm also super inspired as a player, and the whole event was amazing. So, Yeah. Yay! Uh,
1: so in the privacy of your suite, uh, which is located in this uh, underground inn, uh, you have basically a, a central room and then uh, your own personal bedchambers radiating off of it. Uh, in the privacy of this domain, uh, Van Richten tells you that... Uh, the ritual he intends to cast is an old Vistani pagan ritual, and that uh, he needs to gather some components.
5: Oh, not again. <laughs> uh,
1: so he is going to try to take care of that himself, because he knows that you, you, you're supposed to have an audience with the Dwarven King. Uh, so he wants to get a jump on that. Uh, the only thing he tells you right off the bat is that he has to have three rings of pure gold, fashioned. Uh, for the ritual. One for you Evelyn, one for you DF, and one for you Strix. Uh, he also mentions that since the three of you will be tied up in the ritual, uh, that he needs or he asks you guys to convince Paulton, who's still sleeping off his hangover, uh, if he will participate in the ritual and dress up as a raven. <laughs> And he also asks for help in uh, assembling a raven costume.
3: So Evelyn Uh, is kneeling on the floor, cradling Strix in one arm and mm -hmm. D.F. in the other arm. And Van Richten's just kind of been like, he said, you have to die. And then he's launched into like all these logistics of how how she's going to die. So she kind of is like at first she's she just looks at him like are you crazy but as he starts talking you can see she kind of glazes over and this look of like acceptance kind of comes over her and she kind of rolls her shoulders back and kind of is nodding and nodding and she's she asks you mentioned you mentioned 30 days is there is there anything else we should know about the timeline of this Ritual?
1: Uh, he said, he tells you that he aims to get the components together as quickly as possible and to perform the ritual as soon as possible, um, because DF and Strix are going to continue to deteriorate. Will that break the curse for everyone or just for them? So he doesn't know whether or not it will break the curse. It may stave off the curse. Essentially, it's, it's a protection uh, from the curse, but he doesn't know if the protection will last forever.
3: I don't trust him. He's barmy. (laughs) Something inside me tells me that he's,
1: he's right. Uh, He has uh, pulled out a little frayed, a tiny little prayer book uh, that he carries around in one of the leather pockets of his jacket. It appears to have the symbol of the morning Lord burned into it. And he starts flipping through pages as you're talking back and forth. Uh, And he, it seems like he's looking for a prayer or something.
3: Why would someone cast this curse just on Dieth and Strix? Why would someone do this?
1: He doesn't have an answer for you.
3: Then how do you know so much about it?
1: Um, he uh, doesn't explain that either, other than to say that. <clears throat> um. He is a doctor and he can diagnose just by looking at the two of them, the, the crippling nature of their condition, i.e. healing spells aren't going to help. Them.
3: So as far as Evelyn knows, this is just something that's happening to Strix and Deeth and not connected to anything else in the world. Well,
1: you do know Lilith, the demon-blooded bard, told you that there's this being called the Soulmonger doing this, that suggests that there are other people affected. Otherwise, how would she know?
3: And so I I guess what I'm trying to get at is, does Evelyn grasp that everyone who has died is now, and been resurrected, is now dying again? No. Okay, she does not know. Okay.
1: Um, You do know that it's affecting people like that, which is why you haven't been affected. Gotcha.
3: Okay. Evelyn just kind of nods All right, so uh, we, need to, we need to make a raven costume?
1: Yes, that's one of the things he says uh, that uh, he needs as part of this ritual. The raven being a symbol of uh, a, a creature that bears souls to safety.
5: Strixel kind of looked down at her robes and be like, will these work? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Van Richten thinks they might work for the robes, but it's probably going to take more than that. Oh. all right he shows he shows you um uh some old scrolls uh in a sort of a roped up bundle strix, and they're all crumpled and gnarled and stained from age very badly taken care of them some have little burn marks in the corners like they've been through flame uh, and been pulled out of fire when you look at one he shows you a very crude almost childlike picture <laughs> of, of what he had in mind, and it's this little sort of walking bipedal raven head guy with like feathers hanging from his arms.
5: Got it. Strix, Strix is like, oh, it's so cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, very sort of primitive. Uh, you also see a picture of a, uh, a figure clad in a pointed hood uh, and a long dark robe, and, uh, and and signs around him indicating some sort of clerical figure. All right. Much much more ominous. Oh.
5: Well, Strix is... is, is I, she can help with the costume. She'll tell
3: him. Okay. At least as best, best as she can. But... All right. How are they feeling? Because like I was like... They had collapsed and I was holding yes. them. So yeah. I'm yes. kind of like...
1: So... Uh, how crippled are we right now? So right now, uh, your maximum hit points have dropped by one. Um, and so... Whatever your maximum is, it is now one lower.
2: Aww.
1: And and Van Richten says the deterioration will continue until you no longer can survive.
3: But they um, they're able to like move around and all that. They're
1: yeah, they're they're sort of um, a little bit physically ill. Uh, but once they overcome that or, or start to sort of live with that, they can get around. Um, okay. They, they just look really, really sick.
3: I'm, I'm holding them really tight. So if they want to get up out of my arms, they, they have to like, I, okay. I'm not like, <laughs> I'm like kind of like stroking Strix's little shoulder and like holding DF real tight. I'm just like, hold, I'm holding them to them really, really tight.
1: So Paulton, when you wake up, uh, you wake up to the sound of their voices in the common room, and you're in your bed chamber. Um, and uh, you've been... Uh, you've, you've just sort of woken up sober. Uh, and you hear, among your friends' voices, a familiar, if so oh eerie, God. eerie voice of one Dr. Rudolph Van Richten.
6: Do I, like, instantly recognize that's who it is? Yes.
1: Sight, I... un- sight unseen, you recognize it.
6: Um... I, do I have a relative read of, like, the layout outside the room, like where they'd be?
1: Yeah, the, the common room is about a 30-foot diameter square with a big uh, open hearth and the door leading uh, to a hallway connected to the inn proper. Um, so there's a, a, your bedchamber is like a 10-foot by 10-foot room with a, a stone bed covered with a mattress. Um, So when you open the door, when you pull open the door of the bedchamber, you'll be basically looking into the 30-foot square common room.
6: Okay. Um, I'm going to open the door quietly and peek out.
1: Okay. Uh, You can see uh, Van Richten is standing uh, not too far from the fire with what appears to be, he's flipping through a little tiny book uh, and uh, reciting part of a, sort of mumbling to himself Uh, while the rest of the party, and occasionally, like, Evelyn will ask him a question or whatnot, or uh, they seem to be talking about some sort of costume (laughs) and trying to figure out where they're going to get a bunch of, like, raven feathers.
6: Okay. And you said he's standing?
1: Currently, he is standing, not too far away from a padded chair, uh, um, uh, across which you can see his cane is resting and his bag sort of is sitting on the floor near that chair as well. Okay. Um,
6: Can I... It's a little stretch. But can I cast Animate Object onto the chair? Sure. And would I be able to have the chair, like, scoot under him so it knocks him into it and then, like, have the arms, like... Beauty and the Beast style, like, just, like, grab his hands?
1: (laughs) Sort of smother him in the chair a little bit? (laughs) Yeah, just, like, hold him there. Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, Cool. So, uh, you begin to cast the spell. It's verbal and somatic components. Uh, So as you cast the spell, your friends can hear you cast it, but the spell will be cast before they can do anything, as you have surprise. All right. Um... Yeah, you can totally do that. And it's the chair suddenly springs to life and is under your control and immediately tries to scooch underneath the elderly doctor. I'm just going to make a dexterity saving throw for him. Okay, he rolled a natural one. So, yes, the chair galumps over to the doctor. The doctor falls back into it, and then the arms of the chair just kind of come up and uh, grab over him. And the rest of you see this horrifying sight of this stuffed chair springing to life, charging the doctor, taking him uh, into its folds, and then trapping him. Do you want to do anything else, Paulton?
2: No,
6: I'm going to mosey my way out there.
1: Okay. At this point, the doctor has let out a a yelp of panic because he doesn't know what the heck's going on.
3: (laughs) Ah. Evelyn jumps to her feet as if to help, but then sees... Holding them both, by the way. She's <laughs> oh, very <no>. strong. She's <laughs> holding them both. Uh, as if to help, but then sees Paulton coming and kind of like
1: just holds and looks between the two of them. All right. Uh, yeah, so Paulton, you have trapped the good doctor in your chair.
6: Cool. I'm going to walk out there and uh, I'm going to stay. Hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. What's going on? Sure. Uh, Yeah, the doctor uh, replies. We don't have time for this.
6: Wasn't asking you. I'm asking, asking the others.
3: Oh, oh, me? Oh, hi. Hi, Paulson.
6: Oh, can uh, I, like, as he talks, can I get the chair to, like, do another arm just, like, just covered. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
6: It's like, not talking yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so who's going to explain?
3: Well, it's it's really not a big deal. Seems Don't like have it. to worry. It's totally fine. Just Evelyn and, I mean, uh, DF and Strix are kind of, they're not doing very well. And I kind of point to Strix's burned skin and DF's like rope bruised neck. And I, I'm like, there seems to be a curse. Ben Richten says he knows how to break it. He was telling us how. And isn't it nice to, to see him again?
2: Nope.
5: <laughs> hmm. Also, Evelyn has to die. It, it's.
3: Uh, We're not going to let her die. It's. She, she's delirious. It's. I'm not delirious. Don't worry. She's feeling very ill. I kind of cover her face. Stop. <laughs>
6: And why are we listening to him?
3: Because Must he's be- the only one that knows how to stop these two from wasting away. Says who? I, I mean, I guess as him. But I believe him. Great premise. Honestly, great great costume. To Excuse once me. as a little bird. It's uh, shh, Strix. It's very fun. It's all like a dirty. bird. You don't little little have to do bird. anything. Just a little dirty bird.
6: <laughs> There's like at least twelve decisions relating to this guy I'm gonna make before I decide if I'm wearing a bird costume. I'm <laughs> 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 gonna go ahead and put a pin in that.
5: <laughs> no, don't do that <laughs>
6: <laughs> i'm gonna I'm gonna have the chair like just take the hand off his mouth so he can talk,
1: okay. Uh, he doesn't actually say anything at that point because he's afraid that you might do something else to him with the chair, so he just sort of stares at you uh side eye uh off the uh off the top of his uh pink tinted spectacles
3: i uh I turned to paulton and i'm like if you if you need to know that he's telling the truth, I could cast his own of truth for you while you talk to him
6: no. no i got I got better ideas to get the truth out of him. You always do. I'm going to like, just kind of like kneel down in front of them, just super douchey condescendingly. It's like, what did I say?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He says, if I recall the conversation, you said you would kill me the next time we met. Mm -hmm. I was hoping to stave off my demise until I could save your friends.
6: It's a good game you play. So why, why, why you? Why are you the one? Aside from the fact that it makes for pretty riveting plot.
1: (laughs) He says, I am, among other things, a practicing cleric, and I know curses. I have the power to remove many of them, you see, but not this one not in the traditional way. We have to delve into old lore, call upon ancient prayers, prayers not used in the days of the pagan cults of the Balanac.
6: That's a lot of words.
1: He says, suffice to say, your friend Evelyn has been gifted by one of the great saints of the morning lord, Makovia. Her power resides in your friend. I can sense it. I Plan to use Markovia's blessing to protect Yath and Strix from the fell magic that consumes them.
6: Can I? uh, Can I see if I feel like he's telling the truth?
1: Yes, you can make an insight check. Okay. There.
6: Uh, fourteen.
1: Uh, you You sense that he you sense an honesty about him. you also sense a uh, reticence to divulge all of the information. Ah, uh-huh. he seems to be holding something back from you. You think they so tell him and
5: <laughs>
1: and you need to dress up as a giant bird. <laughs> <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs>
5: Paul said, I have some art authority for you. She like like oh rip God. off a chunk of her robe and like throw it at him.
6: Like, I'm sorry. What was that last thing? He says,
3: Dirty Bird. <laughs> <laughs> I, Evelyn's just like trying to put stricks against her chest. <laughs> like, shh, shh. She's like, The Dirty Bird. <laughs> uh,
1: he says, Ravens have great power. Uh-huh. So in, in matters of the dead.
6: So if I look like a rate, if I look like something that has power, then that's good enough.
1: He says, "All of the components of the ritual are symbolic in some way. the rings, the costume, the finery, the words.
6: Okay. And why am I the raven?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He says, (laughs) because of your heritage. As I said, these are Vistani pagan ritual. Hmm. And you, for better or worse, have Vistani blood. Ravens are pretty cool
4: a new one once
3: she <laughs> <laughs> so, was nice naked a lot but nice yeah you sat on him
6: that's a good way to put it <laughs> 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 so um right okay so this this whole this little like raven party thing sounds cool and all but um uh, Uh, let's let's go back to the the first conversation where you die why 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 should i why should i listen to you why should i let you go again why should i let you do your your weird vampire voodoo and we're just like yeah sure that sounds fun
1: (laughs) he says in response the decision is yours kill me if you must
6: to the I'm like, guys, I really want to kill him.
3: <laughs> I mean, I want you to have everything in the whole world that you want, but uh, I'm I'm just wanting to make sure that Strix and Diath are okay. I kind of show it both of them to him.
6: So the only option is for you to die or they die. Is that is is that what it comes down to?
3: I mean, that's what we were kind of trying to work out. <laughs> no now. one's dying. I mean.
4: But I think we should at least listen to what Van Richten has to say. It's much like last time. Yeah.
1: He tells you that uh, if he performs the ritual, it will essentially uh, transfer the blessings of Markovia from Evelyn to her friends. But that the ritual comes with a price. And uh, th- there is a sacrificial component to the ritual. Like many rituals, there's a sacrifice. And essentially, uh, releasing that energy out of Evelyn will burn her up.
3: I kind of look at all of them and I say I've known since I was a little girl that this moment would come. It's okay. I'm glad that it came with you. No. Nope.
6: No. Nope. Nope. Like what's, what's option B? What's the option where no one dies except you, but none of us. That well, I mean, I have,
3: I have this blessing and I can remove curses. I mean, I could try that.
6: Did you just, Wait, hold on, I missed that. Did he just shrug at me?
1: <laughs> yeah, he did. I not to punch uh-huh. him in the face. Oh!
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
3: His Evelyn glass... has that look of like, oh, I should think that that's bad, but she thinks it's very exciting.
1: The, the glasses that he repaired last week get sort of pop oh, no! off askew, and one of the lenses pops out and falls into the folds of the chair, uh, and blood begins to... Force down his mouth. Uh, as, as it does, he sort of licks his lips and no! he tastes his own blood uh, again uh, <laughs> for the first time in a while and uh, just sort of uh, kind of slumps in the chair for an instant. Uh, and uh, you can see already, because he's a pretty old man, uh, bruising start to form around his eyes where you hit him.
3: This guy's so messed up. <laughs> Just really quick, just for the sake of it, Evelyn just quietly, like, remove curse on Strix, just, like, tries it really quick. Yeah, you can cast the
1: spell on Strix to no effect.
3: All right, well, that doesn't work. I tried it, though. Are you still holding Strix? Are you still holding them? I'm holding them both. In fact, because I just, I was on the floor, and then I stood up and was holding them, so I'm not uh, tall enough to have you guys dangling, but you're probably awkwardly, like... Oh, yeah. Well, Strix is trying to bite you now.
5: <laughs> <laughs> She's like, stop, stop it. i let
2: Diath
4: her go Dieth is like almost a foot taller than you so he's just like, like, like over.
3: <laughs> she lets go of strix and then like just kind of holds tight to Dieth just not even like holding you up anymore just kind of like leaning on you <laughs> okay Strix will just scuttle into
5: a
1: corner
6: so after after i uh clock that bitch in the face. <laughs> yeah.
1: just, just for the record, you know you did three points of damage to him. You're, with a punch, you do one plus your strength bonus, so you did three. Great.
6: Cool. I tell him I'm gonna ask you one more time, what are other options where no one dies? I know of none. Who do you know that could know?
1: He says. I am very old. All of my contacts are dead. I am alone.
5: Every time Van Richten talks, I get sad.
4: Is there none other blessed by Markovia? Or whoever it was that gave... Yeah,
5: DF has ate some of her.
4: That's
1: different.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Is it? <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, uh, Van Richten will look you right in the eye, Paulton, and say, somewhat menacingly, I am the only one.
3: Evelyn sees this tension and kind of like slowly lets go of Dieth and walks over, like, not threateningly gets in between, not even in between, but like stands next to Van Richten and kind of like gently strokes his face and lays on hands, just like a hit point or two to kind of just like, fix his face up a little bit and she's like my friends i i know this is hard but this is my glorious mission it's beautiful if you think about it i think it'll be all right i think we need to do what he says why don't you ask butthander if it's going to be all right okay he says it'll be all right you didn't ask him <laughs> i did in my head you didn't <laughs> Why don't you ask
1: him? Uh, Paulton, you can see underneath the sort of ruffled shirt that Van Ricken wears, which is so old it's kind of gone from white to yellow. Uh, You can see there is a chain around his neck. You can't see what's hanging from it because it's inside his shirt, but you do notice it for the first time, up close.
6: uh, Am I interested in that?
1: Uh, It catches your eye momentarily.
6: I'm just going to, like, grab it and, like, pull it out of his shirt and just look at it.
1: Okay, you see it as a holy symbol of the morning Lord, but an ancient.
5: See Evelyn, use that, use that thing. Ask Buthander with that thing. Strix will point at it.
3: (laughs) Well, Thander, in in the light of the morning Lord, everything will always be all right. I don't even have to ask. Yes, you do. (sighs) Dear morning Lord, Lord of glory and of light, who shines down upon us in Your great Majesty, and sometimes asks Your servants to make great sacrifices in the name of Your holy purpose? Will everything be all right, Chris? Do I feel any answer? <laughs> insight check. It's just there, no. I I roll an insight check. I get a five, so I feel nothing. I feel nothing. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, Paulton, as she's talking and you're sort of holding the holy symbol, kind of a bit of a look at it, uh, the fire, the firelight in your hearth kind of shines off of it with a golden light, and it sort of uh, flashes across your face. Um, uh, as it does, um, you see that. Uh, For an instant, uh, it looks like the shadow of Van Richten and his chair in the light kind of wavers and flickers a little bit. Uh, Almost like uh, um, they're not entirely uh, in sync with this (laughs)
2: world.
1: Um, and what you read from that is, like, it's, it's almost unnatural that Van Richten is in this world. You can sense that all of a sudden.
6: So I notice that, and I'm going to look back at him. It's like, what are you doing here?
1: He says, after the mists surrounding Barovia parted, many people attempted to leave, among them some worshippers of the sun god, They were corrupt, you see. They were driven by dream that would lead them to evil acts, and I had to stop them, so I followed them here. I did not know that we would unite. Had I known you were here, I wouldn't have come, but the morning Lord has guided me to you for this reason. That is what I surmise is my purpose here. The timing mean nothing else.
3: Even kind of a like nods and silently crosses herself in the sign of the Morning Lord.
1: He says, I sense that when my task is done here, so will my purpose in this world, and I will leave it one way or the other.
6: And am I kind of picking up that he, at this point, really is the only option?
1: Um, you're picking up that he thinks he's the only option, and he thinks that it's the morning lord has guided him back to Evelyn to tell her this.
4: See, this is how he gets ya. <laughs> you. He finds some way to be the only one and important. That's how he sticks around, son of a bitch.
5: Trix is in the corner now, putting together a costume for Paul Thin. Yep. Uh, it I, I, the oh, you're already like, assembling stuff. She's making like a little wing and like just like just, some just,
1: handfuls of raven yeah. feathers that she's collected from. Yeah, probably. Yeah.
3: And she's yeah. just like, oh, is that it? And she's like, she just wanted to do a craft.
2: Yeah.
3: Evelyn, Evelyn, uh, like at, whenever she's not talking, you can see that she's kind of like slowly listing over to lean on one of her friends or like touch one of her friends. So she like, she was next to Paulton. So as he's talking to Van Richten, she kind of leaves his side and like goes and just like, she doesn't even try to take his hand or anything. She just like stands really close to him, like leans her shoulder on him and like listens.
1: Um, As, uh, as you do that, the last thing Van Richten says uh, to you, Paulton is in the dawn beauty reigns and the way is clearer and you Evelyn recognize that as a old lefandrum prayer.
3: She just nods and says amen.
6: Paul I'm just kind of just uh, and then I uh, just command the chair to just kind of slowly tip back and fall <laughs> on its
2: back. <laughs>
1: all right yeah he goes over with the chair and his boots are sort of sticking up in the air now his cane goes rolling across the floor
6: and then i just uh i'll release the, the spell on the chair
1: okay and he sort of goes tumbling off the back of the chair onto the floor
3: All right, so that's settled. Uh, we need a raven costume and- hold it up. I'm already there, I already did it. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> How does it look?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> make a, uh, uh, make a, uh, oh geez. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, like arcana performance? I don't, uh, performance maybe? Let's,
1: let's say, since this, this is an artistic pursuit, let's say performance.
5: Okay, I have nothing in that, but I have a good charisma modifier, so... Right. Oh,
1: uh-oh. Oh. Uh, you can use intelligence performance. So use your intelligence Ooh, modifier that doesn't, instead.
5: That doesn't really help. <laughs> okay. got five.
1: Okay, half of it sort of falls apart. And she oh, up. no! <laughs> she, like, she, she was so sick, she forgot to put the pins in it or something. Oh, no! A bunch of feathers just sort of spill onto the floor. She's and uh, 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 Van Richten sort of stands oh. up, dusts himself off a little bit, and looks over at the travesty that Strix has wrought. Everything's
4: falling apart. Yeah,
1: And says, we have time. (laughs) (laughs) Do (laughs) we? I'm gonna...
6: Last thing I'm gonna say to him, I'm just gonna kind of grab him by his shirt and just, like, pull him in. And I'm just, like, all up in his shit.
1: Yeah. I'm
6: just like, I want you to know, regardless of this outcome, doesn't change if... It only changes how. And all you've done is given me more time to think about that. Hope you're looking forward to it, buddy. I just throw him off.
1: Okay, he goes teetering back. And uh, he then says, uh, perhaps it would be best if I went and secured the other components. Sounds good. He looks around for his broken spectacles, finds them, casts another mending spell. Uh, to fix them again, and sets them on his nose as best he can before hurrying out, grabbing his jacket on the way and his cane.
5: Sorry, we always punch you. <laughs> I'm not.
4: <laughs> During uh, all of this, Dieth yeah. uh, is noticeably objectionless.
1: Okay. At some point, uh, the bodygu- the dwarven bodyguards return to your suite to see if you are ready to uh, speak to King Harnoff
3: <laughs> Sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> Since, Evel- yeah.
3: <laughs> Since Evelyn's standing right next to Paulton she kind of like puts her arm in his arm like Link's arms like come on we have to go see the king
1: Come uh, on Come on Alright let's follow Evelyn Okay uh, so the Waffle Crew, uh, this time, uh, nothing interrupts their journey to the king's uh, throne hall. Oh, good.
3: You can see Evelyn kind of like looking around her intently. Like you can see that she's really appreciating her surroundings and she has kind of like a, a quiet smile on her face. She's just kind of like looking around at everything as though she, she won't get to look at it very much longer. As she does that, Strix is like, are you looking for a way out too? Because <laughs> we could just run. <laughs> no, if we and she lets go of Paulton and she le- grabs onto Strix. No, yeah. she she doesn't let go. She keeps her arm like they're linked yeah. arms now, and she's like, "No, we don't have to go anywhere because everything we love is right here." Oh, okay, but I would really like to go
5: <laughs>
1: soon, soon. Mm-hmm. When you enter the throne hall, uh, there, while there are some, the, the, the Dwarven guards, heavily armored, standing outside the throne hall doors, there are no guards in the throne hall, um, as you saw last time when all the chaos happened here. Uh, but across the far side of the throne hall, you do see the king slumped in his throne, looking tragically bored, uh, and, <laughs> and surrounded by his advisors, including the sort of dark-skinned, orange-haired senior advisor, Azon Bronzefire. Uh, who's very, very old and uh, leans heavily on a stone, short, stone cane. Um, and as you approach your footsteps or fluttering boots, uh, echo and bounce off the walls back to you, uh, making your approach seem much louder than it actually is. And you come toward the throne uh, before the king, and he asks you, uh, uh, How goes your mission to Ironslag?
3: It went so well. <laughs> <laughs> so well. Uh, Diaz? <laughs> Tell the Great King how it went.
4: Uh, Why did you land? Death kind of snaps, too, and like looks over at Evelyn for a second and just... Uh, the We quickly found that the fire giants were creating some kind of monstrous constructs, untold meters high that could have easily devastated everything around them. Fueled by an adamantine heart forged by a fire primordial.
1: There's a lot of dwarven murmuring at this point around the throne. Uh, The king says you saved the life of one of our heroes Gaspar Dimarchasm. He said there were other dwarves there. Did you find any of them?
2: Yeah. Yes.
4: DS takes a pause and then kind of swallows to himself and says, Jasper was the only one we could save. And there's like, a, like averting his gaze elsewhere.
1: Right. All right. Uh, the king nods. Thanks you for the information and promises to reward you in three days.
3: In three days? Is that like a Dwarven custom thing? Because I I mean, not that we're in a super hurry, but just like who knows where we could be in three days, you know, where any of us could be or not be anywhere.
1: He says, come back in three days. At which point, Azon (laughs) Bronzefire, He steps forward and says, "I demand to know what has become of my bodyguard, Crack."
4: Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Azan, because I think myself, everyone else here, and especially the king would love to know why you're conspiring against him.
2: (gasps) Mic drop.
1: You see uh, more loud murmuring. Azon eyes wide, taken aback. Uh, Almost loses. Actually, probably drops his cane at that point. There's a thunk, thunk, thunk on the floor. Uh, Heavy stone. Uh, The dwarf king sort of shoots you a gaze Uh, that's almost. You're not sure what. Uh, the dwarf king is thinking in that moment. Just for like extra flair, right as uh,
6: DF dropped that, I like yep. take out my bagpipes and rig it in a very special way so that it just kind of goes.
2: <laughs> 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 Tell him!
4: <laughs> DF will continue and he, as, he's giving all the information to the king, but he is just staring at Azon while he's saying all of this, well, the conversation is actually directed at that. Within the halls of the fire giants stood an iron golem, one that could be commanded and used for destruction and was somehow within the grasp of the fire giants, perhaps even delivered. And inside of that was but a a sigil of the bronze fire clan. And me, I was inside of him too. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> your bodyguard was not here or sent for the benevolence of all Citadel Adbar. That was only—he was only sent to cover your own ass.
5: Also, <laughs> he was a djinn. You have spoken
1: ill of my... <laughs> <laughs> and he, he turns to the king and says, "Not true lies."
3: lies. Oh no, it's definitely true.
1: the king uh turns to azon and uh says we will look into that
4: until then king i can cool. only suggest that you keep yourself under extra protection only trusted guards and keep azon here under
5: strict
1: watch or
4: quarantined
5: hang out with jasper he's nice uh
1: yes you see a couple other advisors kind of push in front of Azon a little bit closer toward the king and offer their clan services for protection. Um, and you can see instantly a lot of sort of political things sort of happening in the, in the dwarves in this moment. Uh, Azon, uh, he, he hasn't been able to muster any kind of response, and he, he's trying to talk to the king, but the other advisors are talking over him now. Uh, ah. And so there's a lot of dwarven chatter, and you see Azon just sort of m- kind of melt into the background a little bit. Obviously, uh, his voice isn't going to carry over those of his peers, even though he's the senior advisor. You can see others asserting themselves like they haven't before, and suddenly he becomes yeah. very despondent. Ah. I'll,
4: I'll even point out to the king that uh, Azon was the first to retreat when the throne room was ambushed almost as if he knew.
1: He says, it is clearly a slanderous statement. Uh, And his voice is still being muffled by some of the other dwarves. And uh, he's giving his assurances to the king that the golem, if it were a bronze fire construct, must have been stolen. Uh, It could have been stolen in some ancient war.
3: Um, I bow and I say, your majesty, if you would like, I, I may aid you in the
1: the search for truth. And uh, the king turns to you and says, Do you have any proof? Any way to corroborate your statements?
3: Well, I can make sure that he's telling you the truth, that's all.
1: Uh, Diath, you can make an insight check. All right.
3: Also, Strix
5: will, like, point to the, like, flask in her robe at Dieth, and be like, I don't know, it's right (laughs) (laughs) there. She's like, okay, let's take it back in.
1: Oh, that's a good insight. Uh, 17. So, helped somewhat by Strix, Uh, you know that if a creature is released from the iron flask, it must obey you for an hour.
3: Right. Oh. He just has kind of a, a thing about releasing things from the flask. Right. I just would rather not release
1: No, but he
5: has to obey us for an hour. It's fine. I'll open it. Then, then what after the hour? What? We'll put him back in before the hour is over. Yeah, but it's harder to put him back in. He I kind of stand to. in front of them and I'm like, great, King. <laughs> like we're like
4: bickering back and trying to life. distract <laughs> him.
5: I'll shake the bottle I'm like, look, I gave him a good shake. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Strix just has it out. Yeah. She just like has forgotten that it's supposed to be hidden. And she's like holding it out and be
3: like, Well, just let him out. Does the king see all this? Or did I distract him?
1: Uh, you have distracted him. You coupled with various other dwarves shouting in his ear. Um, <clears throat> and Azon trying his best to get the king's attention and assure him that the bronze fires have not made golems in Aeons.
5: Mm, all right. Strix Fine. doesn't like this. So, right. open the flask. <laughs> ah!
1: All right. When you open the flask, everybody stops talking as sand begins to spill out of the neck of the flask onto the floor in front of you and coalesce and take the form of an eight or nine foot tall stone skinned man with eyes of molten gold.
5: Yeah, Strix will just point at him and be like, yeah, you you Burks Remember the the dwarf in the armor? Well, he wasn't a dwarf. He was a gym, and he's really tall and was super mean.
6: Very yeah. mean. He's, he's the worst.
5: And Kaharik, you tell them what you were doing there.
1: All right. Like,
5: Accusatorially.
1: Uh, Kaharik will tell the king, um, in his uh, booming, his booming uh, voice, that he was sent. Well, he looks at you, Strix. And he doesn't want to say anything, but he's sort of forced to. She's like. <laughs> so he's kind of scowling at you the whole <laughs> time he's talking. Uh, uh, and uh, so he just scowls at you and tells the king that I was sent into the mountain to find the iron golem built by Clan Bronzefire and see it safely brought here without anyone knowing about it. A gift to the fire giant of all a token of their ancient alliance. And of course, the whole room just erupts to the sound of this testimony. Um, and uh Azon Bronzefire uh is just horrified. <laughs> uh, I, I look over at him, oops. <laughs> <laughs> and Kaharic <clears throat> sort of gestures to Azon Bronzefire says, Yes, I know that I am uh your thrall, and that this task would have ensured my freedom, but this iron flask, it's irresistible. (laughs) There's just no way I can lie.
4: Kaharik, simply listen to us, and we will ensure your freedom. Go on.
1: (laughs) One step at a time. (laughs) He says, uh, uh, when when he hears you say that, he turns to the king, and he says, there was some ruin inscribed on the inside of the golem with the bronze fire insignia on it. That is how I knew it was the right one.
5: Sounds like proof to me. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Uh, the king, entirely convinced by this uh, compelled testimony, um, uh, will uh, have... The two of the advisors go off uh, and ring the dong to summon the guards so that they can take Azon Bronzefire into custody for questioning. And that basically happens before you. Guards come in.
2: Nice. king
1: points to Azon Bronzefire, has him taken away. Uh, the old man is hauled off unceremoniously uh, as the other dwarven advisors cozen up to the king's throne.
5: All right, can I hold the flask back up to Kahara and be like... Unless you want to negotiate your freedom with us, get back in, stony butt. Zerith.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he says, This is most uncut.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: back at the flask he goes.
5: <laughs> Stick it back in my robe.
1: Giggling
4: to yourself. <laughs> That's
5: <is> great. <laughs> By the way, he has to pay attention to us for an hour, so you know we can let him out whenever we want. Then go things. Yeah,
4: is that a cumulative hour or one full hour every time we release? <laughs> I'm them?
5: hoping it's a whole hour. Because
4: I think we spent like a good seven minutes just now. Yeah.
5: Search
3: is like, wait, what if it is cumulative? <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't you didn't he know that that was his insight? So he would know, right? Does he know which one it is?
1: Which one? What is?
3: Whether it's cumulative hour or an hour every time we let him out.
1: Uh, if, you, if you understand the way the mechanism works, as it was described to you by your drow friend, Kozin, uh when you release him, he is bound to serve you for an hour.
2: Fair. Oh,
1: okay. all right. It's dead stop.
5: So we get an hour every time of his time until we get tired of him, and then he will haunt us to the ends of the earth to kill us. But, you know, as yes. long as he stays in there, it's fine.
6: Correct. <laughs> it's like we have a real genie.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: It's true. Do you think the genie might be blessed by St. Markovia? No. Probably, probably no. not. Okay, you're right.
2: <laughs>
6: probably not. It was a nice thought.
1: Yeah. Uh so your business concluded with the king and his demand that you return to him in three days. Uh he reiterates that as you leave. I'd like everybody to make an insight check.
3: All right. uh, hmm. <sighs> oh my gosh. Uh 16. What
4: four, four.
1: Eleven.
6: Uh, Fifteen.
1: Okay. Paulton and Strix, you both sense uh, that the king, um, he is very uncomfortable at the moment. Uh, something is concerning him deeply, and you think that he has something important to tell you, but he's not ready to tell you yet.
5: Can I look at him and say... Uh do you wanna do you wanna hang out later and get some tea?
1: Three days.
5: You sure you don't want any tea? You can come to our can, room in the inn.
6: Can I look at him and persuasively
5: Yeah, don't say, tell me to do it.
6: Say, uh, <laughs> you know, if there's something more you need to tell us, we're we're we're
1: homies. Uh, make a persuasion check. Can
3: I give a winning smile next to him to aid his persuasion check?
1: Yes. (laughs) So you have advantage on your check.
3: (laughs) Paul Strix is just like, do you want some dirty tea? (laughs) Uh,
6: That'd be a 17.
1: All right. Nice. Uh, So uh, the king will take the unprecedented step step of dismissing his advisors. Um, They all With shock and horror Uh, and then he gets frustrated with them and literally banishes them from the room and after the last of them have retreated through secret doors behind the throne he says to you now in the empty hall except for you and him that uh, he, he actually leans in as he thinks, you know, almost as if he thinks there's like magical sprying sensors in the room that don't want to hear him. He sort of has you come as close to him as possible. Get his, to gather around the throne. And he says,
2: So, <laughs> <"Sup? laughs>
5: I am not really the king. I, I'm, I'm sorry. What?
1: I am not King Arnoth. That's kind of awesome. King <laughs> died during the Silver Marches. They placed me on the throne to keep everyone calm. You're doing a good job.
2: <laughs> I'm not calm! <laughs>
1: He says, I'm going to need your help in three days. For what? (laughs) Otherwise, I could die. Well, us too. God forbid. He he says, says. I think someone is plotting to kill me. I thought we just took care of that guy. He He says, says. the real guards, the ones who turned on me they were taken down into the dungeons and confined there he found them all they were dead in their cells you don't know what killed them but they were torn up by claws and teeth cool
5: great okay cool mhm yep who are so, you re- who are you really then
1: he says I am a creature called a doppelganger.
5: Oh, 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 oh God. Oh, cross. Oh.
1: <laughs> he says, but, while I'm sitting here on the throne, I plan to use my power to whatever advantage I can to help you. But, but, I'm no, I'm having, a bad. he says, I'm having letters of recommendation written for you and medals crafted in your honor. If there's anything I can do, let me know, but in three days, I'm going to need your help.
6: So, like, what if two of us are,
3: like, kind of dying?
2: He says, what?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Do you happen to be blessed by St.
5: Markovia? Strix is still throwing up next to the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't
4: Diaz will, like, pat her back. <laughs> All right.
3: Evelyn's holding her hair back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: He says, in three days, a delegation from Yartar arrives. I think that might be cover.
3: Okay. What do you want us to do?
1: Don't do anything and don't tell anybody. (laughs) Come back in three days. Got it. So what's there to do around here for three days?
5: What? <laughs> are you asking him for Rex? <laughs> I don't
1: know. Uh he says, Oh, there's good drinking. <laughs> all right, we'll be fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> do you need all four of us back or will three of us work?
4: All of us are coming spare. back.
3: Okay, that's good. Can you turn it, can you make yourself look like just anybody?
1: <laughs> he says, yes, I'm very good at imitating others of roughly my size. He says, what about you? Are any of you good at imitating other people?
5: Strix is like, I am. <laughs> oh, do me, do me.
1: He sort of grab he sort of, grabbed, he sort of uh, takes Strix by the hand. Uh, <laughs> And uh, says, I will need your help most of all.
5: Oh, is his hand like slimy? I expect like doppelgangers to be slimy.
1: Uh, just he, a dwarf he, feels like a, he feels like a dwarf.
5: Okay, uh, well, she feels fine. better about
1: that. So he's got sort of scratchy hands.
5: Okay, she's like, Okay, <laughs> what do you need her for? Why her? You be gentle with her.
1: Yeah, he I'm says, sick. <laughs> he says. Well, if you are willing to help me in three days, one of the things I could use is someone to take my place. That is a terrible idea.
3: <laughs> oh, she's real good at that. One time she imitated this vampire lord Strahd. It was so convincing.
1: And he turns to you, Strix, and says, You'll get to be the king. Like, yeah, you get to be the king. That's cool.
3: Wait, but what where are you going? Why can't you keep being the king?
1: because I don't want to be killed.
3: Oh, they're going to kill me! Yeah, I don't want her to be killed either.
1: But you have prevailed in this mission and managed to get back back from the fire giants. Surely you are much more capable of dealing with this than I am. And I can't let my advisors know what I've told you. (sighs) Okay, he he says, think about it. Oh, we will. Three days. Mm -hmm. Bye. Wait
5: how, wait, how many <laughs> days? As soon as Diaz says bye, relieving, Strix just takes off like... <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. And your audience concludes.
3: As we leave, Evelyn grabs... Evelyn is very much shorter than Diaz, as Diaz mentioned. So Evelyn like kind of grabs him around the waist. She's doing that thing where you're walking with somebody and just kind of like hanging on them as they walk. She's like, that was real good. You, that you do such a good job of like, giving those speeches and telling people what we did. That was great.
6: As we're leaving, I'm just like, it was it was nice meeting with you, King. And I like. <laughs> mother- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs>
6: okay, we'll see you in three days.
1: <laughs> All right, as you head out and make your way back to the Hammered Dwarf, the inn where you're staying, um, you. You can tell as you're moving back through the crowds and being led by your escort that ever since the uh, advisors retreated from the room, word of your deeds uh, up at Mount Hammerhast have already echoed through the complex. And uh, Diath's tale is now being spun and told and passed along among the dwarves. And dwarves that may have just kind of given a nod, uh, they sort of come up to you and pat you or smile at you, give you thumbs up. They hold their mugs up to you as you pass. Uh, and uh, all in all, a very kind of happy uh, procession.
3: Oh, Lavender, bless you. Yes, blessings I, in the light of the morning, Lord. Yes, I, may He shine I, upon you.
4: I do not reciprocate their enthusiasm. Okay.
5: Yeah, i just like. Just like <laughs> I'm just
1: like, oh, this is not gonna last. <laughs> and then, like Paulton, every once in a while, like somebody will just hold a full mug of beer up in front of you. It's like, oh thank god. <laughs> <laughs> you drink all of it and you're like you're trying to pawn off, you're trying to pawn off the empty one, suddenly it's taken from your hand, and another one is stuffed in your hand. It's like, guys, we're gonna be okay. <laughs> it's three days of this. Maybe I'll just die before that. By the, keep- by the time you get back to the hammered dwarf, I'd like you to make a constitution statement. <laughs> <sanitary. laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: does 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 anyone offer any of the, the rest of us beer?
1: Oh, yeah, everybody's sticking beer in everybody's faces. That would so, be an,
6: uh, an 11.
1: Okay. Uh, Paulton is unconscious, and <laughs> you're kind of dragging him by the time you get back to the end.
3: Evelyn tried to, like, so at first she wasn't paying any attention to this alcohol being shoved in their faces, but then Paulton seemed to be having such a good time, and she really wanted to hang out with Paulton, so she took one, and she kind of was sipping it, and then, like, she took another. And so she's had, like, three beers, which for Evelyn is, like, a lot. So. Yes.
6: I, uh, I, I take note of this, and like before I hit the ground, am like, hey, don't be like me.
5: <laughs> Evelyn just kind of stares at him like I this. Think <laughs> Strix try- was going to take one, but then she realized that uh, she didn't want it, but she took one of the the old cultist heart out that she ended up taking off the ground and just like yeah. putting it in in someone's beer and it's like here you go oh gross <laughs> <laughs> and
1: just right. walked away all right so there's a marinating heart <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. beer marinated heart mm-hmm. right. Evelyn just kind of like gets really close to Stirk. she's like you're so pretty <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I'm gonna miss you please,
5: please stop <laughs> Okay. You're Did not you just... going to die. We all die. No, no, no. no. I mean, technically... In the light of the morning, Lord, we are this. but given a breath. I hate this. Technically, I wonder what Lathander looks like. Do you think he's just like... I
3: think he's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I think he must look is just... Is that why
5: you worship Leander? Because you think he's pretty? <laughs> no. Oh my god, it totally is. <laughs>
3: He's the source of all light. How would I see how pretty you are without light? Usually
5: people would say that I'm pretty without light, yes.
4: Can we just get back to the inn, please?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're back to the inn, and you're able to uh, kill a fair amount of time there. In the course of uh, uh, a few days pass, Um, a couple more days pass, and uh, D.F. and Strix, your hit point maximum drops by one each day, so two total.
3: Evelyn
1: went on a mysterious errand during that time and came back. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, uh, Evelyn, you've also been receiving progress reports on the construct that you (coughs) uh, um, wanted Simon rebuilt. How's the progress? Uh, 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 Master Flamebane won't show you the work while he's working on it, but his assistants assure you that he, they say in confidence to you, that he was inspired by your beauty Ah, and has uh, sort of redoubled his efforts. And he uh, plans to have it finished sooner than expected. (gasps) How soon? Nice. He's being very secretive. And uh, he... They're not even allowed in his workshop at this point. They can hear him, though, hammering, making noises, assembling things. Uh, and uh, But every time he takes a break for food or whatever, uh, he just says that when he met you, it's like you had an aura around you and he was struck by it. And uh, he, in his mumbly way, uh, can't get you out of his mind.
3: Aww. Elon thinks that's just the sweetest.
6: Yeah. Trying to, trying to get that five-star.
3: Damn. yelp a yelp
2: yar
3: Cool. So I guess I, um, is there a way that I like, are they going to send me a messenger
1: when it's done? Yes. Okay. Strix will
3: also
5: finish the raven costume as she's.
1: Yes, you uh, uh, make another perform intelligence performance check. Okay, and see if uh, it gets
5: better this time. Yeah. Oh well, great, cool. Uh, Twenty.
1: Yeah, you made a fabulous costume. You've got like a like a, a stuffed head with nice. a big long raven beak that he can wear. Um, big feathers and you know um, coming off him, big black feathered gown essentially, um, and probably some. Uh, little claws he can wear. Oh,
5: I'll, I'll hand it to him and make one one eye is winking and she's like, I made it winking for you.
1: <laughs> so you can only see out of one eye, Paul. You <laughs> 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 can only be, turn this way. <laughs>
3: Evelyn, uh, throughout all of these little activities, you just notice that she's like extra clingy. Like she's always holding on to somebody or like looking at somebody and she's yes. just like 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 that little dog or cat that like won't leave you alone. is just always staring at you like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you.
1: Um, Van Richten, there's like a montage where you're doing that and the costume is being set on Paul's head. Van Richten is having dwarves make these perfect little ring bands of gold. Uh, he's securing costuming stuff and incense. Uh And he says uh, that he is ready to perform the ritual on the very next morning. He secured a chamber, a turret, uh, in the fortress of Citadel Adbar that has windows looking out to the east so that the dawn can shine through during the ritual. And he's had dwarves provide the necessary furnishings. So this will be your last night, Evelyn.
3: Evelyn, you can see that she has kind of this smile like this on all the the time, but she's uncharacteristically somber. She's not really saying much. She's just kind of like staring lovingly at everybody. She says, well, I guess it's a guess it's time for bed. You're not going to die.
1: And Van, sh- Van, Van Richten doesn't actually sleep and stay with you guys. He just drops by periodically to give you updates. He's staying somewhere else at the inn, so he can, doesn't have to cross paths with Paul and get attacked by more furniture.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, before he leaves, I ask him for details about the ritual, like what, what will be required
1: of me. So what will be required of you is you will lie on a beer, a stone beer, Um, Not B E E R, but B I E. (laughs) Uh, Your friends will, your two friends will be in chairs uh, on each side of the beer. All three of you will be wearing golden rings. Uh, There will be um, uh, uh, cups of morning dew um, uh, set about uh, and a, a, a stained glass window rigged so that uh, colored light of dawn will shine upon you. Uh, Van Richten will have his outfit on and his holy symbol of the morning lord. Paulton will be standing next to him. And while Van Richten <laughs> utters the chants, the, the Vistani chants of the ritual, Paulton will uh, also chant alongside him a refrain, in the dawn beauty reigns and the way is clearer. That is the way to the afterlife.
3: In the dawn, beauty reigns, and the way is clear. That's that same uh, yep. prayer,
1: right? That's right. Uh, uh, and you, so basically, uh, you will just have to lie there, Evelyn, and uh, be prepared to uh, um, uh, let let the blessing of Saint Markovia leave you. At various points, uh, you will be asked to uh, impart this blessing to your friends, and then sometime thereafter, you will expire.
3: Okay. So there's no like weapon involved or a definitive moment there's just no i will be transported to the light yes yes evelyn kind of takes all this with a very clinical like kind of clears the throat a lot of times while she's asking these things but she's like okay and um and then upon you know she's like very clinical about it um and having heard all that I don't know. I guess she asks everybody else. Do, do, does anybody else have any questions about the ritual? No, rituals? this is
5: not okay. D.F., this is not okay. Why aren't you talking, D.F.? It's not okay.
1: Because D.F. dreamed about the was trying to ash last night.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Walton, well, well, this is not okay. You can't let this happen. We can't let this happen. I don't care if I'm sick. I'm fine. I can do magic. I know magic. Strix is obviously panicking.
3: And this will happen in the, she kind of ignores, like Strix panicking (laughs) is totally normal,
1: doesn't it? A couple Uh, hours before dawn, uh, you'll uh, travel uh, to the east side of Citadel Adbar to the chamber, uh, and there you will be sequestered. Um, Now, uh, Jasper Dimmerchasm, uh, Van Richten sort of ran into him out in the inn and uh, talked him into not, talked the dwarf into not disturbing you guys because he knew how sick you were and how kind of, out you were but jasper expressed an interest in overseeing the ritual to make sure everything goes smoothly and van richten reluctantly conceded what why reluctantly
3: no why 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 does jasper want to be there why does he want to see this
1: because he feels he owes you something says van richten he's trying to be helpful and he can't be so you know you Can stand by and watch. All right. I mean, if you don't want him there, I can make him stand up. He's Ben Ritten says, I can make him stand outside.
5: <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Is Perhaps. Waffles with us too? Uh,
1: yeah, she's been capering around and eating eating stuff and.
5: All right.
1: Yeah. Cooping. Right
5: <laughs> Strix, Strix points at her and is like, you can't leave your
1: child. She only poops in Strix's bed, so it's okay.
5: <laughs> I mean, that's the smelliest one.
1: Strix
5: doesn't notice. She's like a yeah. cat who, like, pees on things she's not supposed to. <laughs> Ew.
1: Um,
3: so Evelyn kind of, like, gets all this down, and she's kind of like...
1: "Yeah." You've noticed it's hard to tell with Strix because of the, the nature of the tiefling skin tone, but you can see that Diaz has got uh, little lesions forming on his skin. Um on this the after after three days of deterioration,
3: okay, well, when do you guys all want to get up in the morning to head over to the the place? We're not doing this turret? I don't see how we could not
4: i I don't either, but we can't do this.
3: Time to run? No, I don't think we can run from this
4: Are we I mean. We could for 27 days.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she looks at them all and she says, do you guys know about my oath? My paladin oath, the oath of the ancients?
4: Some about uh, morning light and Lathander. I, really, I, a lot of it just kind of blurs together. Strix
5: is just covering her head on the ground, not listening anymore.
3: Well, there's There's quite a bit to it, but one part of my oath calls me to be the light. And that means to be the glorious beacon for all who live in despair, to let the light of my joy and courage shine forth in all of your deeds. And I think I'm being called to show that joy and courage right now. I've known since I was a little baby that I was going to be called for something like this. And what better way to die than in the service of the people you love the most
4: that's bullshit
3: <laughs> <laughs> well it may be but i think i need to be alone for a little while i'm i'll meet up with you guys before before dawn back here and she kind of just Goes And she's looking for, like, a rooftop. She just goes looking for a rooftop to sit on by herself.
1: Okay, so Citadel Adbar is entirely underground, but... Uh, so she sh-
3: tries to go above ground.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so you can you can basically find a way out and then perch on a turret on the, on the sort of rocky mountainside of, and uh, sort of look down upon the great stone causeway that leads from the gates of Citadel Adbar down to the ground. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple birds fly by, but nobody disturbs you up here.
3: You kind of notice because as she says those things, she has like a a big smile, but you can kind of see the cracks forming in that, yeah, in face. And when she excuses right. herself, it's obvious that she's like, I, I need to go for a minute, and then she just leaves.
1: Okay.
4: Okay, hear me out. Are you what talking if, to me? I guess. Yeah. You're still here.
5: <laughs> Strix is like just standing, like, <laughs> I what? <laughs> Listen, I have a spell that can help us. It's, it's, it's a spell that I just learned. It's called Death Ward.
4: Can means, I, like... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
5: It means she won't die.
4: Will that actually work in a ritual setting?
5: I don't know, but I know magic.
6: <laughs> Could I, like, stealth follow Evelyn?
1: Sure, make a stealth check opposed by Evelyn's perception check.
3: <laughs> Which is horrible, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> While
5: well, they're making sense, Trix is like, D.F., maybe you can throw up some blood or something and I can put it in another potion, and then that can be Markovia's no. blood.
4: Right, like, hear me out. <laughs> the ritual said they just needs someone blessed by Markovia, right? Yeah. I literally have macrobi inside of me. Am I not blessed?
5: I don't know, man. I don't know that kind of magic.
4: Right. So, what if instead of Evelyn, I go on the table instead? And then that way you'll at least be okay. And then she's not going to let us. us. I won't let her.
5: Oh.
1: <laughs> uh, sorry, Paulton, what was your role? Uh, 18.
6: And,
3: Six. Okay. <laughs>
1: so, Patton, you, are, you are able to shadow Evelyn all the way outside the citadel and see her find purchase in the most awkward place. So, if you want to get closer, do <laughs> some climbing and uh, scampering, but you get unseen. Okay.
3: She's uh, she just finds a place to sit and she kind of like you can see her, you know, pull her knees up and wrap her arms around her knees and just kind of look around and look to the sky
1: and she's kind of humming. The day is fading into night gradually as Lynn is doing this.
3: And she's watching the sun and she's kind of, she keeps humming the same tune over and over. This like, what sounds like a sacred hymn.
6: After like, just like a couple minutes, I'm just like, uh, probably however many feet behind. Just kind of,
1: you hear.
3: She like sits up without turning around. And then kind of bows her head and doesn't say anything.
6: I'm just going to walk over and like sit next to her, but like just still looking out. I just ask her. So this is what's happening.
3: She has been hiding her face, but she turns to Paulton, and tears are just streaming down her face like her you've never seen her face so wet and she just looks at him and nods she doesn't even try to say anything
6: this is stupid like no no if it were someone else like if someone else had told us this maybe but I I cannot I cannot justify this coming From that asshole.
3: She kind of looks at Paulton and she kind of like smiles just a tiny bit, like watery eyed, weak smile. She reaches up and just brushes some hair out of his eye. And then she kisses him. And she says, it'll be okay." This is what I was meant for.
6: It's like, you will be okay. But that's not what's going to happen.
3: What is going to happen? She kind of just like is starting to laugh and like look at him lovingly.
6: Oh, no. But I don't think this, I don't see this as the only option.
3: Well, we're getting kind of short on time.
6: Mm, You said, what, like 21 days, something like that? I think we got more time.
3: (laughs) The ritual is tomorrow. It's like, okay. She looks around. She's like, today even, because it's the wee hours. And She says, look, I need you to look after Simon. He's going to be fine. And so are you. And he needs to grow up just like you.
6: It's like, wait, what now? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Simon. No.
6: You know, I, wait, your, I was, our son? I wasn't, I wasn't aware of the repair, right? Uh, she had done it
3: uh,
1: surreptitiously.
6: Okay. It's like, yeah, the one that was.
3: <laughs> I'd hope to surprise you, but he's being repaired right now by the best the best mechanic robot man that dwarves have to offer and and I know we can bring him back just the way he was I know that Strix can do it I can do it hopefully he's hopefully he's back real soon and I I need you to teach him and and also there's a an armor that I talked to and I asked him that once I'm gone Maybe he could take my my breastplate and my, my bracers and he could make them into some armor for Simon and maybe when he's old enough you could give it to him.
6: I'm I'm a little unsure of how robot aging works. But
3: Well, I don't want him fighting before he's he's capable. You don't let him get into battle before he's at least, I don't know, twelve years old in robot years.
1: Okay. 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 Um, Strix, and, are, sorry, are you guys going to retreat? Like, go back inside when it gets kind of cold and icy out here?
4: I'd imagine that we're in whatever room just spouting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're just arguing. Dead end, dead end, just <laughs> yeah. dead end ideas at each other. Strix right. is no. like shoving
5: okay. stuff, like sho- trying to shove Dia's hand into a bottle. Like, maybe if we just put a little bit of you okay. in here. I'm no wait, I've
3: got better ideas.
1: So nobody, nobody sleeps that night. But But uh, hold
3: on before Evelyn doesn't go inside. She wants to stay out there for a while. Okay. But before she does, she kind of just like, you know, they're both sitting there. She leans her head on Palton's shoulder and she asks, will you sing for me one last time? (sighs)
2: Sure. I'll play
6: play a little song all what, what do I have? Bagpipes don't seem appropriate. <laughs> she actually
3: sure when you when ah! you start to, when you start to look around for an instrument, she she actually pulls out those panpipes. She's only tried to play in front of you one time. She kind of looks at them and she's like, I was never much good at this anyway. And she hands them to you.
1: All right. So you, you sort of grab these sort of shitty pan pipes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh uh, if you want to, you can make a performance check. <laughs> that's
3: good.
1: Kind of, oh God, as what as if you, a bad? Yeah, what, <laughs> kills
3: this. Evelyn thinks it's lovely anyway. Right.
6: Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh, for, uh, total twenty.
1: Great. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful song, Evelyn. It's a song you'll treasure and remember for the rest of your well. <laughs> 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 wow, <great>. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: little, little soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a monster. All right. Uh. Um, it's the best song you've ever heard
3: it's actually I think it's probably the hymn to Sunshine which is what she was humming to herself Mm. and that's probably he probably knew that song Um, it's it's just about like looking to the morning lord and trusting him and pledging your soul to him so that he can remake you and remake you over and over again in, in a shining image of his glory um, but once he does that, she kind of like <sighs> takes a deep breath and she looks at him and she nods and she says, let's, let's go back inside.
1: All right. You find Strix and D.F. just dead. They killed each other. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's it.
1: Problem solved itself. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, all right. Uh, so you have uh, an unrestful wee uh, hours of the morning, uh, mere hours before you are due to convene.
3: Evelyn starts, like, just unpacking her pack. Yep. And she's like, all right, um, D.F. Uh, here, she takes off her boots. She's like, you definitely need these. It'll help, I promise. She hands her the, him the boots. She like, holds
4: them with weak arms. Yeah.
3: And then she takes her two javelins that are left, and she's like, two. I kept two. Here you go. She gives it to him. Um, and then she takes out the bag of Lightfall, It's just shards. And she was like, I don't know what to do with this, but you've always done a real good job of making something beautiful out of a whole lot of broken pieces. And I know you're going to keep doing that. And she hands him the bag of, of broken lightfall. She's like, I don't know, maybe it'd make some real nice daggers for you or something. It is blessed by the morning Lord after all.
4: All right. take it and just like he's like just looking straight down the entire time with no words okay
3: uh then she
5: turns to strix who's stuffing things in a jar like this she's like taking parts like just putting it in there she's like pouring some wine in there it's like she's shaking it around
3: uh she also as right before she's like oh yeah and also and she like hands basically the rest of her armory. Like, just like, oh yeah, and, I don't know, just do whatever with this stuff. So this is like, over. this is like a, a short sword that she picked up somewhere. What? Yeah. what? yeah, she did, a little while ago, and also a hand crossbow. Wait, wait. And, yeah, and she she also gives you the the heart of Spinelli, the flame sword. It falls over, A like, fall <laughs> over, oh <It's all> God. <laughs> And she's like, you might want to give this to Jasper. I don't know, but it's real special. You, you, you do what's best with it. Anyway, she hands him the army. Then she turns yep. to Strix. Um, she gives Strix, like she has some of the some jewels and stuff that they picked up in the Yak village that are real pretty. And she gives her like this incense that she picked up there. Like a whole bunch of little trinkets. You and know, she, that, when, when she hands her the incense,
5: she's like, do, do you say I smell bad? <laughs> I mean, you do, but that's not
3: why. Oh. I just thought you'd like it. All right. She I like it. I like your bad smell. I always have.
5: Oh, that's gross. <laughs>
3: um, she also pulls out this um, this book, and it's it's a book about etiquette. <laughs> 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 it's a book about manners. It's just this little <laughs> tiny dog-eared book, and she's like, "This was given to me by my mother. It's real special." And let me show you. And she opens it up, and there's a four-leaf clover pressed in there, and she's yeah. like. This is where all my luck comes from. And she closes it and she's like, now I want you to have it. She gives all right. her that.
5: She hands her the book and as soon as she does, Strix opens it up, grabs the four-leaf clover and shoves it into the potion and hands
3: it to her and <laughs> 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 Evelyn is like shocked, but she's kind of like, drink it now! Uh, There's no liquid in there. It's just like
1: rattled. He was in it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she kind of like holds it and she's like, just a minute and she sets it down. Oh,
1: I and heard then- this. Strix forgot to spit in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: And then she, Evelyn pulls out Juniper and Juniper's actually napping
0: because Juniper
3: is always, napping. she's a little fat yes. little mouse and she kind of kisses Juniper and and Juniper kind of wakes up and Evelyn just like scratches behind her little ear and then she, she holds Juniper out to Strix and she's like, just nods and hands it to her. Okay.
5: Strix will take Juniper and be like, you're getting this back after you come back in like a second and stop talking to pretty boy butthander.
3: <laughs> and uh, as soon as, uh, when she takes Juniper, I'm like, you take care of them. You take care of Stinky and Strix. Juniper like, ah. Yeah. Um She'll disappear
5: then, into her robes.
3: Like, God only knows what's in there. Uh, and so then she turns to Paulton. Nope. And she, <laughs> and she the one thing that she didn't give Dieth is tree bane, because it's the coolest thing she has she thinks. So she gives, she hands that to Paulton ceremoniously.
1: Yes, you have this elven axe, Paulton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: she's like, this is for you. And, um, and she's like, and also you need to go to Mr. Mr. Frank's robot shop.
1: <laughs> Master, mm. Master Tyrum Flamebane.
3: Yes. Master Tyrum Flamebane real soon. There's a messenger that's going to come. He's going to tell you that Simon's ready and you go pick up our son. He's gonna be there, and don't forget what I said about my armor. So I take off my armor and I hand that to him too. Yep, yep. He has tons of stuff, Done. and then I also uh, I wear this signet ring of my family, like my noble family, and I just I don't say anything, but I just kind of take that off and I just kind of like put it in his hand and close it. And while she's
5: doing this, Strix is gonna walk up behind her and cast the death ward spell.
1: Do I notice? Uh, so. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a verbal somatic component spell, so yeah, you would notice her cast the spell on you. Now, now, um, Holly, you know uh, that if the target drops zero hit points, this would prevent them from actually dropping zero points and they dropped one. But if the target uh, is subjected to an effect that would kill it without dealing damage, the effect is instead negated against the target. Strix probably
5: does that, but she's just hoping it's going to work. So you're negating any
3: effect that would happen she's
1: to near, me. Negating the ritual,
5: basically. Oh, wait, no, she doesn't want to negate the ritual, no. I thought I thought it was just like, she's just doing it to help. All right, never mind, okay. I won't do it.
3: So once Evelyn's done all that, like, she she's kind of, again, kept this, like, the cheery Evelyn face on, but this, this is starting to get really real, so you see her eyes are a little bit wide, and she's kind of, like, breathing deep and, like, trying not to crack, so she's, like, uh, here, and she pulls out... Um, letters that she wrote to each each of Strix, Dieth, and Palton and she hands it to them, and she's like, okay, anyway, uh, now that that's done, it's, it's time to be the light. Let's, let's go.
1: All right. Uh, you guys pack away your letters. Yeah, don't,
3: don't read them now. Read them later. It's just this little something.
1: Okay. Um, up in the turret, you can see everything has been laid out Uh, There is a stone bier upon which uh, Evelyn is to lie and two big heavy stone chairs uh, that sort of swallow Dieth and Strix up uh, by their size and volume, uh, standing on each side of the bier. There is light um, just beginning to shine through windows in the top of the turret, uh, and stained glass has been fitted into the windows, uh, creating a kaleidoscope of colors on the stone walls and floor around you. Um, you can see that these windows have been specially crafted to bear uh, symbols of the sun and other motifs of the Morning Lord, including images of babies and other newborn creatures like fawns and uh, ducklings. and An owlbear? And baby owl bear <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. That's a good question. Did you want Waffles to be here for the...
5: Yeah, of course. No.
1: Okay.
5: Oh, come on. Waffles loves you. That's why she shouldn't see this. No child should grow up with an image like okay. this of their mother. Right. Waffles waits outside the door.
1: Jasper Jasper can watch Waffles outside the room. There you go. He's uh, helping.
3: And you take good care of her. You teach her how to be good and strong.
1: Van Richten is practically unrecognizable when he arrives. He's wearing a full golden robe with a gold-pointed hood that covers everything but his eyes. And he's got goggles strapped over that. They're like sun goggles. They're tinted. Um, and uh, he also hands a pair of sun goggles to Paulton to put on underneath his raven head.
4: It sounds a little mad
1: scientisty. <laughs> it does seem a little mad scientist i um,
5: I'm afraid!
3: When,
1: when he starts chanting Evelyn, make a religion check.
3: Am I laying down already? I'm there? Yep.
1: Yeah, okay. you're there.
3: Uh-oh. I cannot roll to save my life today. That's a 10.
1: Okay. Uh, to you the chants of Van Richten seem legit. They hearken back to things you heard as a child growing up in the faith, uh, um, but they seem much older and a little bit antiquated in their language. Uh, But as he speaks them, the light of the dawn becomes increasingly intense until it's so bright it practically fills the room. And the rings that you, three of you have slipped on your finger, begin to catch that light and glow. And suddenly springing from Evelyn, out of her are radiant beams of light that wash over both DF and yeah. and it's a despite the fact that it's blinding and you guys, it doesn't seem to affect you two at all. This is a warm, welcoming light that seems to soak into your body.
3: Can I reach both of their hands from where I'm laying?
1: Yes, your tiny little arms can stretch out, and they can stretch out their withering hands to grab yours. I, I just, just hold. hold it and grabs it. Yep. I just
3: hold and look at them lovingly and put on a strong face.
1: Okay. Uh, Strix will
3: grab it too, but be sad.
1: Uh, Evelyn, when you do, you can feel Markovia's blessing just sort of well out from you in a very kind of, this is like you just let it go. And as it goes, you can feel it going into your friends. And suddenly you find yourself flying through the ether on the back of morning glory. (gasps) Like literally
3: I was like crying and then she feels morning glory. She goes, (gasps) because she has someone that she knows loves. She holds on tight.
1: Yes, and as you fly toward the light on morning glory, you see three resplendent figures waiting for you ahead. One of them is an old man, um, and uh, you can see uh, that uh, he has uh, sort of gold and white locks, and he has a staff with the symbol of the sun on top, and he looks like a, a divine cleric of some kind, a saint, uh, and you remember vaguely in Barovia, in places like argen and the church of uh, the village of Barovia, seeing this man uh, identified as Saint Andral. Uh, on the other side, you see what you know instinctively as Saint Markovia, a warrior woman, a paladin uh, who's wearing full armor and has her uh, a big uh, hammer Uh, uh, hanging beside her. You can see she's missing one of her legs, but can stand perfectly fine on the one that remains. And uh, she's got a warm, inviting smile. And between them, you see the morning lord himself. (gasps) And in his arms, he's got a little baby uh, that he's just sort of couching. And he is a absolutely stunningly gorgeous man, Um, not old, not young, just sort of ageless. Uh, and he seems to be waiting you while cradling this child. Uh, and it's at that point when horrible black tendrils rip you <gasps> off of morning glory. Yeah! And bear you toward the black gaping maw of a great green devil face. No! Paulton. <laughs> what. You find yourself traveling in the ether as well. Uh, last you heard, you were standing in the room next to Van Richten going, this isn't going to work, this is stupid. Oh, light, oh my God. Uh, and then and uh, and then, uh, and you can't even drink because the big raven head's on your face. Uh, mm. But in a moment, you were just sort of transported to the ether and kind of flying behind her. Um, uh, and uh, you can only see through one eye, uh, but you think you are actually in the ether and you see her being stolen away by these dark tendrils that are bearing her into the gaping mouth of this green devil face, and it looks like the the divine beings are reaching out for her, but she's being torn away too fast.
6: So am I just kind of like floating here? Do I have any kind of like control or
1: uh, you? You feel like you've been changed into a black bird, some sort of spirit bird.
6: So I feel like I can, like, fly around? and Yeah. S- um, I guess so. You,
1: you see you've got sort of big
6: hooked claws. I'm going to freaking dive bomb and go after her.
1: All right. I would like you uh, to make a... Uh, Let's call it a charisma check. Since you're not actually here, you're just here in spirit. Mm-hmm. And Evelyn, as you're being pulled away, you can see what appears to be a raven, a black raven descending toward you with its claws outstretched. Make your charisma check. I did. Lie. <laughs> oh I'm, I'm not
6: gonna, gonna lie because it's right there. Uh!
2: Oh, my God. Something bad didn't happen.
1: (laughs) All right. Somehow, this bird manages to pull you free of the tendrils, Evelyn, and you sort of go flinging, flying away from the dark face. And you see uh, just the the evil menace of the devil face gets farther and farther away as you are thrown off. Halton. Mm. Find yourself suddenly, as you, dressed in your raven costume, standing inside the crumbled ruins of a citadel, perched on what must be some sort of mountain or something, because through sort of broken, malformed windows, you can see what appears to be a winter valley outside. Um, And there are torches on the outside of this citadel or castle, between the windows, burning um, and uh, this is a sort of a gray, kind of colorless place you have found yourself. And you're in a hallway that has doors, closed doors on one side, these open windows on the other, and at the far end, a set of open double doors just barely hanging onto their hinges. And beyond it, you hear a sound. <laughs> You are alone.
6: (laughs) That's a noise to avoid?
1: I don't like that. And you hear what appears to be cracking twigs. Okay.
6: I guess I... Can I roll in anything to figure out what the hell I should do? Uh, You can make an insight. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
5: Here goes. Panic and roll in anything.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, not well. 14. A 14. You can only gauge that some force has brought you here. Something has. Something has brought you here. I figured. Uh, And it's not a world that you know. Like when you look out through those uh, windows, you see mountains that are far too dark and far too sheer. Be found in any normal world and this wasteland this winter wasteland seems to be absolutely devoid of all life. Um, uh, there's there's something about this place that is vaguely feels vaguely familiar. you know you've never been here before but something in you has been here before
6: okay. I, uh, I guess uh, so. It's just there's pretty much doors, and that's like yeah, I don't there's know.
1: there's closed doors on your right side, and open doors on your dead ahead of you at the end of the hall. And it's through those doors that you hear the crunching of twigs. The sound, the other sound that you hear, this sort of echoing, ching, 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 ah, ah, seems to be coming from outside the citadel. I am
6: going to go toward the scary sound. Okay, the,
1: the crunching of twigs like, through the doors? Yeah. Um, when you go through the doors, you see a- re- Carefully. Yep. Make a, <laughs> Actually, make a stealth check if you're trying to be quiet in your bird costume. Okay, cool. Ooh, uh, 19. Yeah, you sneak into that room, a room that is in such horrible in such a horrible state that there are huge gashes in the pitched roof where shingles have fallen away and rafters have splintered. And you see a few stray black birds flying in and out that look clearly like crows to you. And the far side of the room is what appears to be the shattered remains of a big round window, which used to have an iron frame in it. Uh, that frame kind of reminiscent of a sun symbol, but it's old and rusted, and there are no panes of glass in the window anymore. But silhouetted against that open window. You see a figure that at first looks like, like a crone or a woman wearing some sort of robe, but as, as little... As as a little bit of as your eyes adjust to this dark, dilapidated room where all the furnishings have just collapsed into piles and heaps of rubble, uh, you can see that it's not really a person at all, but what looks like a nest that has taken on a humanoid form, like a living nest. Ew. Uh... And there's just like a dark opening where the face should be in in this walking <laughs> nest.
5: <laughs> oh, oh, gross. Oh.
6: Do I, do I have like any inkling what that is?
1: Uh, make a religion check.
6: Oh boy. Uh, Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Intelligence, if you don't have a religion skill, yeah. That would be a nine. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't know what this is. Um, but in the second it takes you to consider what this might be, you see that it is gone from being 30 feet away to being 5 feet away.
2: <laughs> oh! Hi!
1: This, out of this dark hole where its face should be, suddenly hundreds of birds fly out. Just like yes, in my face? Like, yeah, just sort of in your face, like blasting past tearing at you with their, their wings and such as they blast by. And then as they exit, she holds up a, her, it, its hand. looks like it's made of twigs, oh. but it holds something up and presses it on your lips. And you realize it is a desiccated black human hand that's been severed at the wrist. <laughs> 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 it's really just... <laughs> oh. oh, oh, and as it touches your lips uh, a <clears throat> voice fills your head and says you gackery keep it let
2: it clutch the chalice
6: come again you gackery okay Keep it. Uh, Let it clutch the chalice.
1: Same. What do you do?
6: Question of the day.
1: <laughs> what can I do? Well, you're standing in front of this figure, and it's holding up in its twig arm a. Hey, mm-hmm a severed, blackened, desiccated human hand. One finger, probably like the middle finger, outstretched and just sort of petrified there, pressed up against your lips. Do
6: they want... Do I take it? Do you? I'm like... Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yes, you take the desiccated, (laughs) severed, human hand. Mm. And then uh, the pile of sticks in front of you that is a humanoid shape collapses into a heap. Ah.
6: Do I still have the hand?
1: Good question. I'll get back to that in just a minute. Ah. D.F. and Strix. Ah. Uh, You (laughs) see see as as the light washes through the, the sunlight of dawn completely consumes Evelyn and you can't feel her hand anymore. Ah! Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, the pain that, and the suffering that you have felt these last few days ha- is all but gone. And you can see Van Richten has fallen over and is lying on the floor either dead or unconscious. You can't tell. Good. Uh-oh. And Paulson is gone.
5: Oh! Is Evelyn gone too?
1: As the, as the light sort of tapers down to normal, you realize the two of you are the only ones in the room, and the glow that surrounds you seems to bleed out until only the rings around your finger are glowing. But it's a, it's a dawn glow. It's a very comforting glow, and the rings continue to glow. You can see uh, Evelyn and all of her remaining uh, clothing and the gold ring she was wearing are gone beer is empty.
5: Strix will just rifle around all the stuff. Just like on the table. Like, it's gotta be here somewhere. Where'd she go? Maybe she's down here.
1: (laughs) Strix, what happened?
5: I don't know. Can I do an arcana check? (laughs)
1: Uh, Yes. Go ahead.
5: (laughs) I'm just still screaming. I don't know. Uh, 18.
1: Uh, You believe that Evelyn has been spirited away into the afterlife, into the light
5: but her body's gone too. Okay, so apparently she she's dead, but her body went too, which means she just went to another plane, which honestly is fine. We can go get her. It'll be okay.
1: At this point, uh, Jasper kind of bursts into the room with waffles because he's heard you screaming. <laughs> uh, sees the chaos but doesn't know what to make of anything. Evelyn.
3: Yes.
1: You, um, after being flung away uh, from the darkness that was the soulmonger that was trying to claim your soul and deprive, the, deprive uh, uh, the morning lord of your presence. After being flung away, uh, you find yourself a kind of uh, in light for a moment, this blinding light, no sign of the crow, no sign of uh, your morning glory, no sign of anything. And then uh, the light sort of gradually turns to a sort of a soft night darkness around you. And you hear snoring. Well, <laughs> <there's her. laughs> you Well, pop, there. You hear yourself talking, and uh, you suddenly think somehow Paulton has saved your life and you're alive, but you've just been asleep open your eyes
3: yes like one at a time
1: very slowly <laughs> as you open your eyes and you look about uh, the first thing you see on the floor in front of you is paulton dressed in his bird costume lying unconscious on the floor with a severed hand that desiccated black one and desiccated oh, black gosh. hand in his sort of claw glove clutch. He's lying there on the floor, all of his feathers kind of splayed out around him, and you instantly realize that he was the, he was the raven that freed you from the soulmonger. And as you look farther into the room, you see in the dim light, tables and shelves covered with toys and gizmos, and a sleeping old dwarf passed out on, uh, sort of on a table and on his stool. And as you look down and look at your hands... <laughs> You see that they are crafted out of gold, metal, (laughs) wood, and other
2: pieces.
1: And that's where we'll stop. And that's where we'll stop.
5: This is insane. <laughs> you know. This is insane. Oh, okay. And oh, yeah.
1: as, you, as you sort of look over against uh, one wall, you can kind of see this stained mirror on the wall, and you kind of look at your reflection. It looks almost exactly like you, like it's not crafted in Simon's likeness at all, but in yours. But like a
3: like a metal, yeah, like robot. Evelyn. Yes. Like Mecca Evelyn. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? With like gold golden locks the whole bit.
3: Uh, Evelyn is shocked and she's looking at her own hands and opening and closing them. Like as when she first saw Palton, she went to like hug him, but as soon as she saw her hand in front of her, she stopped and was like stopped by
1: it. Yeah, And it looks like the scale is the same as like you're the same size as you were relative to him and everything else around you. It's just you are crafted
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, uh, so just so you know guys, I hate to do this to you, but we're not playing next time. <laughs> Because uh, several several of the the waffle crew folks are headed off to eat <laughs> and we have origin on the deal of that, but we will be back the week after that uh, to pick up more or less where we left off. I sent the letters
3: that Evelyn gave each of the characters to all of your guys' Twitter DMs. Oh my god! <laughs> so you guys have those. That's I have amazing. an announcement.
4: Uh, I quit. Like, what a
3: creep what the little weird little dude uh, You saved my life, Paulson. Oh but maybe what? kind of
1: you totally did.
3: I think. But where's my body? I liked my body.
6: Oh <laughs>
3: I can't. Oh, boy. <laughs>
5: I can't. We have two <sighs> weeks to think about what hor- horrors this is going to involve. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, so um, we'll see uh, what happened to Evelyn's body will be a question that will be answered in the future. Uh, other announcements. Uh, Origins is next week. I'm planning to be there. Chris Lindsay is planning to be there. A small group of is supposed to be there. Uh, so hope to catch you there. And um, uh, other than that, uh, I hope many of you had a chance to watch the stream of Annihilation. If you missed it on the weekend, it is now up in archives on Twitch and in various pieces on YouTube for viewing. So feel free to help yourself to uh, uh, checking out that. Uh, There's more than enough games uh, uh, that happened in the stream of Annihilation. I'm sure you'll find several that you like. And uh, any other announcements before we part company? What meaning
3: have announcements in this world, Chris Perkins?
2: (laughs) 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 (laughs)
6: Um, Okay. Hey, guys. If you're going to be in Fort Worth, Texas this weekend, I will be attending ACON. And it would be great to see some people there. I'm sure there will be lots of questions. (laughs) Nice
4: living people. (laughs) 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 I will see you guys there. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh I'll be at Origins too as a goblin. So look for look for the goblins at origins. It's gonna be a goblin. Uh can't talk as a goblin, so don't ask me any, any questions. <laughs>
1: uh, so uh, yeah, so uh any other announcements before we uh, skip off. Do you have your misclicks game tonight, Anna?
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go play another game of D. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, no big deal. Just get into another character right now. <laughs> It's going to be fine. Great. Uh, Yeah, I'm playing that on misclicks right after this. And uh, then I'll be at E3 starting Sunday. And I will be there throughout the entire week hosting on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash twitch, the official Twitch channel. It's going to be tons of uh, all the press conferences are on there, all the game releases, and I will be there having a good time. And trying not to think about being a robot construct undead ma- live i don't- uh, technically I
1: will, I will be sending you uh, uh, the uh, current uh, things that you are you gain as a construct so that you have that information for the next time we play i am i'm a
3: construct is she a warforge technically or not
1: you have no idea I can't say more. No!
3: Ah, of course <laughs> cool. uh, I will say also in terms of announcements uh, the stream of annihilation was defining for all of us it was amazing and all of the video from that is on this Twitch channel and videos as well as on the YouTube uh, for Dungeons and Dragons and I highly recommend watching that and all of the sessions but especially Misclicks Clicks Risen is one of the sessions that I'm a producer for I'd love it if you check that out I think it was really good and what about you, Jared?
4: Well, go to the Dice Camera Action subreddit. I'm sure there'll be a new thread on there saying, how many tears did you cry? And then we can all collectively answer all of them. All of them. Yeah. Do we, you... uh, we got a fancy new banner up there with some cute art. Yeah. But
3: there, that's uh, all. I was going to post the letters on the subreddit, but I think you guys should be the stewards of them. You do whatever you want with them, whether you want to post them or save them for role-playing.
1: Okay. Uh, and one final tidbit uh, since you will have to wait a week before we figure out uh, what happens next uh, with this particular situation. Uh, but next, the next episode we play will also reveal something from DS past. So <sighs> it's that.
5: Shit's getting too real!
1: DS inherits responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So big things are afoot as we uh, rapidly approach the end of season two of Dice Camera Action. Oh my God.
6: Remember when this was about giants?
1: <laughs> Can we go back to the giants? <laughs>
3: Remember oh, when we once had not, brunch?
1: We're not done with the giants. I'm just saying.
3: Oh my eye is twitching so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my
1: god. All right. Alpha Zay and everyone. Bye everybody. Bye. See you Bye. in two weeks. Bye.
2: See ya.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting.